Brentwood. You know, it's cool to be part of our church and be able to see our young kids worshiping God back there and, and being able to say the declaration, and most of them are starting to be able to say it. And I know I've heard from several different uh, family members and parents that, that um, their kids are just declaring the goodness of God and um, the identity of who they have in God. And um, it's just really been a really great honor and a privilege to be able to serve back there um, as, as your pastor and as their pastor. And I just want to thank all the parents, but also the people that invested into that, um, just the different things that we've done and done back there. I think of Jen Hewn. I know she doesn't really want the recognition, but um, just the, the time that she put in there um, and the artwork that she did back there. Um, it just looks amazing. So thanks, Jen. Um, God is just so good, and God's doing amazing things. And, and even from a young age of hearing the voice of God, and um, we have them stop and pause for a moment at the end of worship. And that's what they were doing and writing on the chalkboard paint back there is whatever God just shares with them, writing or drawing a picture, just to teach them at, at a young age of, of hearing the voice of God. And um, so anyways, thank you so much for each one of you that have spent time back there um, teaching them, but also investing in them financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it may be. So thank you very much. Hey, today I got the honor and the privilege to preach. And um, I just, uh, it's been something that's been rolling around in my, my thinker for the last several weeks and, and months. And um, and uh, it's just been one thing that the Lord, you know, Jonathan's been talking about worship. And, um, and I just have been, okay, Lord, what are you trying to say? What are you saying to me? What are you saying about me, to me, for me? And uh, all about, about what worship is all about. And so you're going to hear my side of what I, what I really felt like the Lord impressed upon my heart to share with each one of you this morning. And, um, and so I'm going to share from my heart like I always do. Um, and one, one verse that the Lord's just been really putting on my heart, and I'm going to, actually, I'm going to stop for a second before I get into my sermon, and I'm going to share something. So, um, I wasn't going to, but I just, I'm just going to. Um, so something that you might not know about me is, um, my reading comprehension is really poor. I'm going to say it that way. Um, in college, um, I took my ACTs, and, um, I'm not going to tell you what the score is because I'm embarrassed about it, but... No, I will. I'll just tell you. Um, my, my score for reading comprehension in my ACTs was a 12 when I graduated. It's, it's pretty bad. Um, and so reading for me has been really tough and really hard. And um, one thing that I said at the beginning of this year, um, I decided to, um, when I decided to fast some stuff, I fasted games and social media. And the reason why is I was finding myself going to my cell phone and playing a game or getting online, and I saw my just waste of tons of time. And um, I always have had my time with the Lord, but I've realized that I was spending more time doing that other junk than I was spending time with the Lord. And um, I just said, Lord, no matter what, no matter what, I'm going to spend this amount of time with you. And I started reading. And I'm telling you, I don't, I don't comprehend everything that I read. That's just being honest and vulnerable. I don't. But one thing that I've noticed is that my heart has said, Lord, 
I don't care if I come with wise and persuasive words, but I want a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power in everything that I do. I don't have to comprehend necessarily what the word's saying, but I know that my eyes are gateways into my spirit and soul. And so as I'm reading, God, you're speaking to me. And I started to grasp that. And I started to realize that it doesn't matter what my reading comprehension is. My love and my passion for the Lord is so strong that I want to desire to read, desire for more of him in every aspect of my life. And so in that, this is where this sermon has started to come forth in worship and what worship's all about. And so if I step on your toes this morning, sorry, but not sorry. I just want to come not with wise and persuasive words, but I want the Holy Spirit's power and presence to go before me. And so... The sermon title is called The Heart of Worship. The Heart of Worship. I don't know if any of you guys remember the song. Part of it goes like this, and I'm not going to sing it, I'll just read it. I might sing part of it just because for fun, but it says, When the music fades and all is stripped away, and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I will bring you more than a song for a song in itself. It's not what you've required. You've searched much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship because it's all about you. It's all about you. You've searched, excuse me, I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it when it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. And I read that, read that song. And Matt Redman, I don't know if any of you guys know him. I might switch over if I have to. Um, Matt Redman wrote that song back in the late 1990s. And um, I didn't want to use this mic because I, I feel like I'm supposed to do something later and I needed my hands free, but it's okay. Um, he wrote that song back in the 19, late 1990s, came out in 2004. But it says, when everything is stripped away, when everything is just him and I, and I and him are all alone. When no one else is watching, what am I doing? Romans 12 one through two says this in the NIV. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, the song says it's all about him. The scripture verse here says it's all about him. 
It says this. Offer your body as a living sacrifice. What's a sacrifice? It's an act of slaughtering an animal or a person or surrendering a possession as an offering to God or to divine or a supernatural figure. An act, and the thing is, is I read that and I said, the act of slaughtering. What are some things that are holding you back? My excuse was my reading comprehension. It was holding me back. But I came to a point that I said, I don't care. I'm going to read and I'm going to seek God and I'm going to spend this amount of time. So I had several people across the United States that was reading different devotions with me, and I was doing about four or five at the time because I wanted to be held accountable to all these people because I wanted God to change me. I wanted to put myself as a living sacrifice. Cool thing is, is the message... And I don't typically read out the message, but I looked it up today. And I'm going to read it. Same scripture verse. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down into the level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Man, I read that, and I was like, whoa. That just, like, opened up my eyes even more. Because it says, take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, going to work and walk around life, and place it before God as an offering. Outside of going to work, sleeping, eating, and walking around, what else do you do in life? That pretty much sums everything up. So our heart should be this. God, here I am. Use me. Form me. Consume me. Mold me. Shape me into the person that you want me to be. Because in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, it says this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are, are higher than, or your thoughts are higher than mine. So God's ways are obviously higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. 
So when Abraham took Isaac and laid him before the altar, I think that's a representation of what we need to do. If this is our altar before the Lord, I'm the sacrifice. And so I have to lay down my life and say, God, use me. God, mold me, shape me. Because everything that I do, I want it to represent you. Because I want to be consumed by you. Does that mean I'm perfect? No. But that means I lay myself down as a sacrifice before the Lord. Once again, when everything is stripped away, when everything is just him and I, and I and him alone, when no one else is watching, what am I doing? So why have we made worship about us? Why have we become consumers of worship instead of producers of worship? Do you not understand that? And I don't mean that in a mean way, but I think in the Church of America, we've become so consumed with worship instead of producing worship. For example... I didn't like that song this morning. Oh, we need to play the old hymns because there's some good old gospel music there. Man, the hymns are where it's at. Or you know what? The hymns are old. That's for the old people. We want the new stuff, the fresh stuff because it's fresh. The music's too loud. The music's too quiet. I don't like the way that that person was doing jumping before the Lord or whatever. I'm going to sit. No, I'm going to stand. I'm telling you this. God gave you these legs, these arms, your mouth, your eyes, your ears, every part of your body to worship him. Because that's what it's all about. We sang a song this morning that says, I exalt thee. I exalt thee. I exalt thee to the highest place. See, the thing is, is even Jonathan came forward, let's pray for sickness. Man, when we, we, we exalted the Lord, and it says in, in, in the Bible, it says that God has given him a name that is above every name. Jesus. That every knee will bow, and every tongue confess. And I've been declaring that I was talking to Jen earlier today. I said something clicked several weeks ago, and I've read that verse, and I've said it, and I've shared it, and I've declared it. But something clicked inside of my mind a few weeks ago, and ever since then, I'm telling you, This is what's happened in my family. We've had sickness after sickness after sickness for the past five weeks. 
But I've come to realize that the name sickness has to bow at the name of Jesus. Heart racing that starts bows at the name of Jesus. Temperature bows at the name of Jesus. It all has name. But God's given Jesus that's a name that is above every name. And so when we come here and we worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords, we exalt him to the highest place. It's so much more than a song. So much more than just words that we sing. Yeah, it helps us get to that place. But when we lay ourselves at the altar, there's so much more that happens. When was the last time, and I'm saying this to myself, because I'm guilty of it, Kelly will be like, how'd worship go? Eh, it was all right. Could have done this different, that different, whatever. So I'm guilty of it. But when was the last time you came in and said, it's not about me. It's all about the Lord. I don't care what the song is being played. I don't care if it's my, my jam. Whatever that may be, but it's about bringing God glory. See, the thing is, is this. I want to worship God. I want my worship to be like a sweet, sweet smelling incense to him. A burnt offering. A life sacrificed to him. But I've got to realize that it's not about me. It's about you also. It's not about me, but it's about you. It says in, and what I mean by that, it says in Hebrews 10, 22 through 25, let us draw near to God with sincere heart and with full assurance that the faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled um, to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswavering to the hope we profess for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how we have spurred one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up greeting together as some have made a habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. See, worship is about God, but it's also about helping spur each other on. It's about seeing that there's someone sick next to you. And they may be weak at that moment. And you say, no, I'm going to carry your weight today. I'm going to worship with you. I'm going to worship next to you. Because I want you to see the fullness of the glory of God too. And there's days where where I come in and I'm like, man, I'm just weak. I'm tired. I didn't get no sleep last night. I've got to preach this morning. What am I going to do? 
I'm going to press in because I see other people around me pressing in, and I want the fullness of the glory of God. But I get spurred on because I see Marge praying and seeking God's face. And I see her going after God, and that excites me. Because I'm like, if she can do it, I can do it. And so that's why it's so important to be in church and not forsake the fellowship of believers, not forgetting about it. We have to come together because we have to spur each other on to be able to be an offering to the Lord. So my question is this. When was the last time you became reckless abandoned before him. Jonathan talked about that a few weeks ago. So this is the part, I gotta put my mic down for a second. And I, I booger that T was, T was sick today because I wanted to impress her. But when was the last time you did a grand jeté? A grand jeté. Most of you don't know what that is because I didn't know what it was. All I thought was the leap. And so I said, what's the leap for ballet? And there's a whole bunch of things, but, you know, it's a leap. It's Don't ask me to do that again. But when was the last time you leaped before the Lord? When was the last time you did a pirouette and just a woo twirling before the Lord see David danced before God it says in 2nd Samuel 6 16 and, and Jonathan made reference a few weeks ago as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David Michael, daughter of Saul. And I looked that name up because I'm like, I've always pronounced it Michael or Michael. And it was like Mishal or something like that. And I'm like, that, I like this way better. So, but she, she's the daughter of Saul, watched from the window. And when King David was leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. But the thing I want you to see is that David was leaping and dancing before the Lord. He was leaping and dancing before the Lord. Why? Because he knew that the Ark of the Covenant was coming in, the Ark of the Lord. And what did that carry? There was things inside that it carried, but it carried the presence of God. When we come into this building, when we go and spend time with the Lord, what happens? We're spending time in the presence of God. So why are we dancing and leaping before him? That's what he gave you these legs for. And the Lord's just been stirring this inside of my heart 
and I've had a lot of gut checks these last few weeks. Okay, God. Is that what you're saying to me? It's not fun when the Lord, when you say, Lord, search me and know me. And the Lord starts searching you, and he's like, okay, you asked for it, but what about this? I didn't want to leap in front of you this morning, to be honest with you. Sometimes I feel like I'm a crazy fool sometimes, but I don't come. I don't want to come with wise and persuasive words, but I want to come with the Holy Spirit's power. When was the last time you made an altar before the Lord? In Psalms 95, 6, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. When was the last time, even in this place, Kneeling is a form of submission before God. Kneeling is saying, God, do whatever it takes. This is my act of worship. Just hold on a second. When was the last time you did this during worship. Do you know what this is saying? Arms crossed, leaning back. When was the last time you turned around and you did this? God, move. God, show me. I could say the same thing this way with my arms crossed. But there's something that your nonverbals are showing you or showing me. I took a couple nonverbal classes in college because for my degree. But the thing is, is that there's, when you cross your arms, there's that close off. Close, you're closing yourself off is the easiest way to say it. Or maybe when you're at home, you're doing the same thing. But there's something about kneeling before our God and our Creator. There's something that happens in that moment. There's an act of submission, an act of surrenderance before God. When was the last time you sucked carpet? What do you mean, suck carpet? When was the last time you didn't just go to your knees, but you came flat on your face before God? Because in this spot, 
there's a spot of true surrenderance. What you're doing is you're laying before the Lord in full submission. And you're saying, God, this is my act of worship. This is my act before you. As Jonathan likes to say, booger crying. But the thing is, is that you come to that place and you start weeping because you're in the presence of God. It's not just rolling down your face and you don't really care what you look like, what's going on. But there's this place of full surrenderance. It's a token of humility, submission, and adoration. Revelation 7, 11 through 12, it says this, and the angels are standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their face before the throne and worshiped God Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. I don't see, and I've never been to heaven, but I don't see anywhere in Scripture that points out where it says, oh, you can't, you can't bow in heaven. That's, no, you don't want to do that. Oh, you don't, you don't want to dance. That's crazy. Yes, we'll be given a new body. Yes, for some of us that are creaking and have pains and some have more than others, yes, those will be all gone. And we'll be able to dance, leap, joy, jump up and down, run around crazy before our God. But it says that we're going to worship God for all eternity. So here's a question. If we can't do it here, how are we going to do it there for all eternity? I don't know if you can feel the weight of that question. But if we can't do it here, how are we going to do it there? My heart is, God, it's all about you. I stumble and I fall. And I fell flat on my face so many times, but God... It's all about you. It's not about me, but it's about bringing you glory in everything that I do. So when it says you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you can say going to school or walk around life, everything that I do, I want it to be about you. Kelly and the worship team, if you want to come up.
See, none of us, not one person in this room is sinless, is holy, besides God our Creator, because He's in this room. But each one of us individually. But in 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16, it says, But just as He who has called you to be holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. want to be holy before the Lord. And I'm holy because of my relationship with God. Too often we come here on Sunday, maybe Wednesday, and we say, God, do these things. But see, God's not a genie in a bottle. We don't need to just rub Wow, that just changed. Rub the bottle just right, and the genie pops out. But God desires our heart on a Sunday through Sunday, every day, every second that we're awake and that we're sleeping. Because it's all about Him. When the music fades, and all is stripped away. I simply come, offering myself to you. I just want to be where you are. I just want to exalt you to that highest place. Less of me, more of you. Less of me, more of you. Less of me, more of you. So I may bring you glory and honor and praise. Because I'm going to lay and offer myself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord. So it doesn't matter, God, where you call me or what you've called me to. My life is a living sacrifice to you. That's got to be our heart's cry. God, I I want you to show up in my life. God, I want to see the power that's in your name. I'm tired of holding my daughter who has 104 degree temperature and saying, temperature be down in the name of Jesus. I sat there and cried last night because my daughter was hurting and I couldn't do nothing about it. Except this, I go to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I come before him. And I say, God, do whatever. God, I I humbly come before you and I kneel before you. And you, and you alone can do it.
You and you alone can move in her life. You and you alone can move in each one of our lives because you know us most intricately. You formed us and created us in our mother's being. You created us to worship you. That's why we have a desire and a passion for different things. We were created to worship. How many people love Nebraska football? Or the Denver Broncos or whoever it may be. And you get passionate excited when they lose or when they win. God created us to get excited. God created us to have a passion inside of us to worship Him with everything that we have. And this morning, I'm going to have them go into a couple more songs. I'm not asking you to, to leap and dance unless God's telling you to do that. That's between you and God. But I'm asking you to make an altar. As we close this worship series, we need to take something from it and say, God, I don't want to be a consumer of worship, but I want to be a producer of worship that I may be able to come before you and that, that my life sacrifice and all that I do is like a sweet, sweet smelling incense to you. I don't care if I look like a fool. Oh, I'm going to come before you and offer my life as a living sacrifice because it's all about the heart. You can jump up and down. You can wiggle to and fro. You can do all of those things, and yet God not in it. But it's having our heart as a form of posture before the Lord. And so this morning, I'm not having an altar call. This morning, I want you to turn wherever you're sitting into an altar before God. Say, God, form me, shape me, consume me, because I want to worship you with all that I have. All that I have.